Jordan here on West on Jam Planet Podcast. I'm here with BNKD. What's up? And Colt. What's up? And today we're reviewing Astroworld and uh, I'm going to give some info on it. So this album, before it was released, it was very hyped up as Travis Scott had released like the title name in 2016. So and people were very hyped up to it because it was not released until 2018. And some backstory on the title is because when Travis Scott was a kid in Houston, which is the area in which he's from, there was a Six Flags Astro called Astroworld nearby, and um, it closed down in 2005. And so Travis Scott kind of wanted to make like uh, he kind of like wanted to create the vibe of like back when he was going to that theme park. And uh, some interesting facts about this album is that it has. Two different covers for night and day, and uh, the night version is very uh, much more graphic than the day version. Um, and then, <laughs> Especially. And uh, and uh, today it has sold around three million records. So uh, you guys want to start reviewing the first track? Uh, let's go through the producers guest experience guest appearances and then singles. So all right. we have like a sh- there's like a shit ton of producers on here. There's like twenty of them. I'm gonna name all of them. <laughs> so we got Thirty Rock, B Weezy, Baycorn, Cardo, Cubats, uh, FK FK FKI first, Frank Dukes, Hit Boy, J Beats, John Mayer, June James, Mike Dean, Murder Beats. Uh, 1985, OZ, Raguat, Shahit, Shita, something like that. Seven, Thomas, Sunny Digital, Tame Impala, TK, no, Tay Keith, my bad, wrong person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thundercat, TM88, Travis Scott, Willis Lane, and Wonder Girl. So what's interesting about this album is that there's like multiple producers, like three or four producers on each track. So we're not going to go through all the producers just because it's like so much on each track. So I'm not going to really do that. And then the guest appearances on here are Frank Ocean, Drake, Sway Lee, Big Hawk, Stevie Wonder, Kid Cudi, James Blake, Philip Bailey, Juice World, Sheck West, The Weeknd, Tommy Impala, Pharrell Williams, 21 Savage, Gunna, Nav, Don Tolliver, Quavo, and Takeoff of the um infamous Migos. <laughs> and then we got the sing we got the singles on the album Butterfly Effect, Sicko Mode, Yosemite, and then Wake Up. So let's let's dive into the first track. So the first track is called Stargazing. And then in this song, Travis Scott is talking about his experiences of being on an acid trip. The beat starts off with like a Daisy Space Agey trap beat and switches up to the beat to a standard hardcore trap beat without using auto tune. Without like using auto tune or singing, which he starts off with. So uh, that's kind of the background of the song. So uh, Westside Jordan, what are your thoughts on it? For this one, uh, overall, I like both of the beats in this song. Um, however, I would say that the transition between the two beats wasn't the smoothest, but overall, I, I always can respect a good 
uh, beat switch up in a song. And um, so, and then, like, one interesting thing is that, like, and it kind of gets into a theme that is kind of heavily throughout the whole album is, um, like, drug use and, uh, you know, the drugs he takes and the effects that they have on him. And also, like, poor life and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Dope. Uh, personally, I really like this song. Um, I have always, this the first time I listened to this album. This was the first song I listened to, so I always have had a bit of a soft spot, a bit of a soft spot for this song. But I really like both of the instrumentals. Like um, Westside said, the transition was a bit shaky. It could have been a bit smoother, but overall, I think both of the instrumentals are very solid. And also, this is probably one of the most. Um, traditional rap heavy songs travis has on this album and it flow it uh it matches the the instrumental really well in my opinion but overall i think it's a great song dope thoughts too so i, I love the song the only problem that i have is what you're going to see throughout is the over-reliance on auto-tune which can kind of ruin a song for me i'm like i'm kind of mixed on auto-tune i don't recommend using it but as long as it's done, like, not in an overusive fashion, like, maybe, like, a couple lines here and there. But I I like this song, though, definitely. And I like the beat change. I actually like the first, the second beat better than the first beat. I'm not sure about you guys, though. I, I, I They're very, they're hard to compare because they're so different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I actually prefer the, I prefer the first beat, personally. Yeah, because the the second the second beat is more traditionally like trap music heavy. Like this one's more of a space. The first beat is actually more of a space space agey vibe to it. So those are my thoughts on it. So we're gonna move on to track number two, which is Carousel. And this is another drug related song, and this is this features Frank Ocean, who's uh, on the hook singing, and song. And this song is basically about Travis and Frank Ocean talking about a day on like experiencing different drugs and it uses like a standard trap beat. So what are your guys' thoughts on it? For me, I'm a, I'm a big Frank Ocean fan myself. So, and, uh, Frank Ocean did not let me down on this song. I really like his part of the song. I think his vocals are really good. Um, once again, it definitely follows the theme of the album, which I think is good when, uh, when, it continues when songs keep on continuing the theme. But overall, the main standout thing for me with this whole song is Frank Ocean's uh, vocals, because I, I always like to hear Frank Ocean's vocals on a, on a beat like this one on Carousel. Those are my thoughts. Dope. So, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the song. I um, While I did like Frank Ocean's part, I think it seemed a bit forced. As in, it... Uh, they only put him in the song so people would recognize him and automatically think better about the song. And while, like I said, while I do think his part was good, it seemed very sudden. Like the, his Travis's verse just cut out, and then he starts singing, and then it's it's his his voice cuts out again, and then he starts rapping more. And I thought that transition yeah. was incredibly choppy. But I think yeah, I Travis, noticed that too. Yeah. But also, I think um, Travis's verse, while there wasn't much wrong with it, it was just a very traditional Travis flow, but and it didn't yeah. didn't blow me away at all. It's just a serviceable song. Anyway, that's my, those are my thoughts. So my thoughts on it, I thought the beat was okay. 
But like I, I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself a lot. Just like the auto, I really don't like auto tune that much. But to to me, auto tune kind of ruined the song just for the hook alone. Cause sometimes like the hook can either make or break the song. Cause there's been cases where there's been like a good ass song, like the hook is so shitty that it kind of brings down the quality of the song. True. So that that's my thoughts on well, it. Renegade's a good example of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the beat like this is kind of serviceable. I mean, solid beat, but yeah. And so we get to the third song, the most probably the most popular Travis Scott song. The most pop. This came out in twenty eighteen, right? Yes, August twenty. Yeah, the most popular. Yeah, the most popular song of twenty eighteen, which is Sicko Mode. This features Drake, and this is basically like a braggadocio song about them going like beast mode, and like the beat changes like multiple times i think it changes like three times three or four i don't i I lost count of it though but yeah so what are you guys' thoughts on it so for me uh overall i like travis's flow on this one on this song relatively uh to me it definitely sounds like two different songs to me when like you cut to drake's part and travis's part i found it sounds like two different songs in my head and overall drake's part is not my favorite part of the song i've I don't find his verse uh, definitely not complex at all. Um, but, I mean, overall, Travis's part was stronger than Drake's part on this song. Um, so that was my thought. So, personally, um, while I do enjoy the song, the, the hype and the crowd around this song, it didn't ruin it, but it made it really hard to listen to this song without, like, like kind of cringing at yourself on it in my opinion yeah. it's just it's such a it's it's um it's honestly whenever i go anywhere and i listen to this song i kind of auto, uh, like think to myself like is anybody looking at me because it's such a corny fan base it's kind of hard to get over that fact <laughs> but yeah. but also i think the um the instrumental the the uh, multiple instrumentals i guess are all very solid but Besides that, the only parts I really like are uh, Travis's first verse. The yeah. rest are pretty are very bland, and I don't like Drake's verse at all. It just is so overconfident, even though he is like very little talent, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I agree. But uh, and he has yeah. ghostwriters too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Facts. How can you be cocky if you have ghostwriters? Right? Facts. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, and I also. This is kind of going off topic, but still staying, uh, still staying with the whole actual thing. When I was looking at like the writers, there's like a shit ton of writers for each song. I'm not sure if it doesn't yeah. look like Travis writes his own verses. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised there's if he like, didn't. Yeah, but I I just look and there's like five writers on like each song at least. I'm not sure if he writes his own verses or he just needs help. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. That being said, my thoughts on the song is I like the beat changes. Like the song is. But like you guys said, the song was cool at first, but then it got like overplayed and it started getting like hella annoying. It's like, to me, that's like the equivalent to Kendrick's Humble. Like it was cool at yeah, first, but then, it, but then it just became so freaking overrated and that's all people just talk about. And you got these like cringy ass white kids artists called, <laughs> thinking they're all the shit. <laughs> Where I can't even listen. I even took the song out of my... Um, my playlist because I, I was just so tired of it though yeah and i haven't true. listened to it in a long time so i, I kind of like 
I just have to listen to it not that much anymore since like people overplayed the hell out of it. And I also I like the beats how like it kind of like the second beat it has like a zany beat like a zany sound I don't know how to describe it but it has that do do something like that but and then it goes to like a light piano at the end and like Drake's verse it was just eh. like um he I think he repeated his verse like two times right yeah something like that yeah he did you like the duffels in my hand Jesus Christ eh? something like that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely like the weakest Drake. Drake first, so I should say whoever wrote for him because he doesn't write his own shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's not much to compare though in terms of good verses from him. Yeah, I mean he he has some strong verses, but a couple. Probably, yeah, this, yeah. This is the this is probably the weakest one. You know they had to dumb down the lyrics for commercialism and shit like that. Facts. Yeah, but this brings us to the fourth hold song. On, hold which on, hold on. I just piece. want to say one yeah. like funny thing is that listening to this album, this was the first time I ever heard Stick on Mode. Really? Yeah, I just, I never, like, listened to it before. I just, like, because, like, everybody talked about it so much, I was just, like, I'll listen to it eventually, and then I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> this shit's so funny. Yeah, you just wanted to stay the hell away from it. Because, <laughs> like, everybody was, like, just talking about it nonstop, and it's just, like, I'd rather listen to other songs. Yeah, I, people like, overrate that. Like, I'd much rather pay attention to other uh Travis Scott songs and just this one. Yeah, that happened my like my senior year too, I wanna say. It was like a big song. I think they played it at homecoming or one of the school dances. It was definitely big. I like let's just say I like the music video if you know what I mean. <laughs> the music video is cool. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that though. But um we get to track number four which is Rest in Peace Screw or R.I.P. Screw. This is uh this song is actually joined by Swaley providing the hook, and then this song basically talks about uh him paying homage to the the late and great DJ Screw who was like the revolutionary DJ because he he bought like the chopped and screw sound, which is like that like slow down song so the songs sound like ten minutes longer, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of the southern people and purple drink all that shit you know, <laughs> and. This song has like it slows down the speed of the song, giving it like a it has like a space agey laid back vibe trap beat to it. So that's what I got from the song. For me, I yeah. think I think for me like Swaley's sound on this song is very interesting. I think Swaley consistently comes out with very good um, like melodies. I always like I always like to hear Swaley's melodies, and this one has one and. I think Swaley did a good job on that. And, like, the song is very, um, like, vibe-like. It's Like, this whole album, you'll hear me say later, is it's very vibe-like. And this song is definitely, like, probably one of the most, like, vibiest songs on the whole album. And, yeah, yeah. Those, those are my thoughts. Cool. Um, personally, I think this song is actually pretty underrated in the context of the rest of the album. What I I like all the, I like everything about this song, but my only problem with it is, I I know you mentioned he pays homage uh, homage to uh, DJ Screw, but personally I didn't hear a single lyric paying homage to him, yeah. which I thought was kind of weird. Concern is called R.I.P. Screw, but besides that, I think it's a great song. His flow, it, like it may be very um, monotone, Basic. but I think it was a good flow. 
And also, Travis kind of sings on this song, like, more than just, like, the spacey stuff he normally does, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And also, I like Swaley's um, feature a good amount, but, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. For me, what's kind of funny yeah. is how he actually starts out Pimp C in this song. Yeah. Who's also passed away. Exactly. Yeah, for me, I I thought the song was okay. I'm not once again. I'm not a fan of the um the sing songy auto tune hook and stuff like that. And it like you said, I know it's, he's trying to pay homage to um to DJ Screw, but I didn't hear anything about him. It was just kind of just a song title. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know it was weird. It was, it was just it kind of felt like like I said with um. Sicko mode. It was kind of just to attract attention. No, I said that to Carousel. It was kind of just to attract the attention of DJ Screw fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree with that, too. Alright, so we get to track number five, which is uh, Stop Trying to Be God. And this song features Kid Cudi, Philip Bailey, who do the chorus, and then James Blake, who does, I want to say, the bridge of the song. And then in this song, Travis Scott basically talks about being true to himself and not having a God complex and calls out people who do have God God complexes. For me... So that's what I got from the song. For me, if I were to analyze the sounds of the song, of this song, I would say that, like, the chorus, at first I was like... At first I didn't like it overall, and then I... And then, like, but, like, when I heard it the second time, I kind of realized that... It, it was very. It goes with the vibe a lot in this album, so I kind of changed my mind on the chorus, like halfway through the song. Um, and I also like the um, the content in which he's trying to say, like you know, you don't turn on on like the real ones who are with you, and how you know you stay the same. So yeah, those are my yeah. thoughts. Cool. Um, thoughts. Personally, I really like this song. Um, I also, I think it's probably one of the stronger, if not the strongest, Travis song, Travis song in terms of lyrical ability. It's uh, it's actually a fairly deep song, just about, like, staying true to his roots and not letting his fame and money, like, take over his personality, which I thought was actually kind of moving in some, in some ways. All, the production is, like, uh, standard Travis, but I think it was it was good enough to, like, be good to listen to. And also, I like um, the I like Travis I like Travis's part in the chorus, but for some reason, I didn't like Kid Cudi's humming in this song. Normally, yeah. he's really good in like every other song he hums in he hums in, but for some reason, <laughs> he just like he seemed very 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 monotone and kind of bored throughout the song, so it didn't do anything almost anything for me. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay, so I I have to agree with both of you guys because. Um, I thought the song was eh. The humming and the hook got annoying real fast. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, facts. I really hated that shit. Like that annoyed <laughs> me. And once again, I'm gonna say the same shit every time. I I swear to God, I'm probably gonna stop saying this, but just the auto tune and the beat. The beat was okay. Yeah, that that's what I got from the song. Which, all right. So we get to number six, which is no bystanders, and this is joined by Sheck West. Who did that Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba song? The brother is sick of And then we get uh, Juice World on the song also. And he tells fans to bring in energy while he's at his uh, 
basically his live shows and stuff like that. So that's what I got from it. Um, for me, what I got from the song is that it just it does kind of shout out like how a lot of um, a lot of women kind of go for them for their money. That's what I kind of got yeah. from the song. Um, and like that's why like some of them might not show up to their shows and stuff just because they're there for the money. One thing I did find interesting in this song was kind of how like the chorus and the bridge were kind of in juxtaposition with each other, which I found to be kind of interesting. With the like the chorus and then Juice World's part, it was just kind of it was kind of interesting to see that juxtaposition. Yeah. So, um, personally, I think this song is all right. My my biggest problem with the song actually is that. It's mainly it's obviously a a big hype song, but bes- but yeah. unless you're at like a party or like a club or something, it's it's weird to listen to this song outside the context of a club or a party because it's so aggressive and upbeat. But it's like the like a club upbeat, which is different than like a Meek Mill upbeat, but which because it has like a, a different kind of flow than this song, and it personally was just kind of yeah. awkward to listen to by yourself in a room. And also, I don't like uh, Juice World's part at all. Rest in peace, Juice World. But <laughs> I was never I, that good. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. His his voice got really annoying in like three yeah, seconds. Yeah, I don't like it. And it was just it it his voice just kept on getting higher and higher pitched throughout the intro and sort of throughout the song, and it got really great and really fast. But I also think this is probably the best Travis Scott. Um, verse ever i think in verse one i really like the verse in in verse one anyway those are my thoughts yeah that verse was pretty solid uh, yeah yeah i'm actually changing my thoughts on this song too because that this is part of my i don't think this is part of my top five just listening to you guys like like this is a song that has to be played out a certain like place like you you want to play this by yourself or else it's going to feel awkward yeah exactly and like you said like this is more of like a club banger, a hype song. That's what Travis Scott is known for doing hype songs. That's why his his albums aren't really all that. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. really much subject matter to this. But going, yeah, I'd have to say this song is okay, though. Once again, the auto-tune on the hooks was excessive. The beat was okay. I didn't really like Juice World in there because I don't really care for him. It's not that good, dude. <laughs> He's like overrated, in my opinion. He, oh yeah, he just give a shit when he died, bro. You can't it's say like that nowadays, though, because of because he died. Yeah. So everyone automatically takes offense to it. Yeah, but I'm 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 spinning facts right there. Dude. Oh no, 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 you, every, no, you totally are. You totally are. Yeah, it happens to every artist is that Spe- once once they're dead, people give a shit about them. Especially Same thing X. Pop Smoke, dude. Yeah, X. Oh my gosh, dude. He probably <laughs> had the worst. You know, worst stands ever, dude. Dude, when I was in public school, my entire school was uh, ex dick writers, and it was so fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, people, rest in peace, ex. Dude. You only, you only, nigga, you only listen to when you died, so you can get be part of the action on that. And then, <laughs> and then, people in response will name like an an old song from like 2016, and then claim they're a real fan. And it's like, bro, yeah. you're cringe as fuck. Yeah, the only song I know by him is like, Look at Me. Yeah, that song. Can't keep my dick in my bed. Carnage. Honestly, dude. Like, for me, I listened to X a little bit before he died, and uh, for me personally, some of his older stuff was actually kind of interesting to listen to, it, as aggressive as it could be. 
But I, I found it kind of interesting to listen to, but then, like, right around when he died, I didn't really listen to him so much. Yeah, that's true, man. You want to go on the skeletons? Yeah, we're going to do that right now. Hold All right, on. cool. I'm trying to change my top five. <laughs> um, so we get to skeletons. This is track number seven off of the album, and this features Pharrell Williams, Kevin Parker, and The Weeknd, who do all one big-ass chorus together. And this, this is basically talking about having sex with a girl, and the beat has like a psychedelic vibe to it. So that's what I got from the song. Like, for me, like, I, I do get, like, the, the girl part. I also see a part where, like, it kind of in the title. I think, it, like, it definitely sounds like they're kind of, like, talking about, like, like the problems they have to this girl. Um, it's yeah. a very calm song, I would say. Um, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on it very much. Cool. Um, personally, I was incredibly let down by this song because... Normally, I listen to just... This may sound weird, but normally I listen to only the start of the song because I fucking love the start of this song. It's probably one of my favorite openers of like the, of the 2010s, in my opinion. But the rest of the song is incredibly standard and dull. It's just like, it's just like the, all the songs before. There's nothing unique about it. Even the production, besides the opening, is incredibly dull and lifeless. But... His flow is the only redeemable quality besides the opening, in my opinion. It has a bit of a... It has a... He has a decent flow. But also, I don't really think The weekend was necessary, like, at all. And it's... Like I said in the last couple songs, it seemed like they only, they only put him in there so people would recognize him and think higher of the song because they recognize an artist on the song. But anyway, that's those are my thoughts. Alright, I have to agree with you... The song is just simply okay. It's not really just another one of these bitch tracks, and that's 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 pretty much it, man. All right, we get to track number eight, which is "Wake Up." This is another. Uh, the weekend's actually featured on here again, and this is another sex track, and this has a piano softer tone beat to it. And what are you guys' thoughts on it? Uh, for me. Uh, if I were to compare the two different, like if I were to compare Travis's part and the weekend's part, uh, I'll give Travis credit in that his verse was much very less, much less stereotypical than the weekend's. For me, the weekend's verse is kind of a little bit too stereotypical for like a you know, a girl song. It's a little just it's, it's very stereotypical for like what a rap song is gonna be yeah. about. Whereas I feel like Travis Scott's kind of it kind of goes a little bit more of a different route than the weekend does throughout the throughout this song. Uh, so for me, Travis Scott part was good. The weekend's part, I feel like the weekend could have been a little more creative on that one because I know the weekend can be more creative than that. Those are my thoughts. Cool. Um, personally, I think this is one of the worst songs of the 2010s. I don't know <laughs> if that's unpopular or not, but I fucking despise this song. It. it <laughs> I I'll tell you what the only the the worst part about it was the weekend he made this song un unlistenable in my opinion um so Travis's verse is a Travis verse with like talking about sex totally fine because like he doesn't make it cringy or over the top at least not that much 
The weekend, on the other hand, literally seems like that's in his entire personality is having sex with girls, which is like, if you want to do that, fair enough. But I find that incredibly unlikable and just overall incredibly cocky. And he just seems like a total douchebag throughout the entire song. And his voice isn't even that good. And he he's he's he seems like he's trying to do a Chris Brown interpretation, which we all know that's not a good <laughs> Chris thing. Breezy. Yeah. And oh. I don't know. It just I fucking hate this song. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I have to agree I have to agree with Cole. I don't hate the song, it's just eh. Like like weekends versus cringy, especially the hook, dude. That shit was just cringy yeah. as fuck. Dude. Yeah. Wait, what how did the hook go again? I forget. It's only about a pillow. I forget. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that. Cring- Travis verse was okay. You're not gonna really get much from Travis. I'm, I'm not trying to piss off anyone, but he's not a lyrical judge, man. Not definitely. But um, but well, once again, like weekends, it's an eh. It's like skeletons and wake up. Those are probably like the eh songs on there too, because they're they're basically the same subject matter as. Like back and forth, it would have been different. They should have just combined the songs together since they're both talking about the same thing. Honestly, for That's me, true. like my problem yeah. with like how they kind of composed it was that they had two weekend features in a row, yeah. both about the same subject matter, and that for me seemed like a little That's bit of a mishap. <laughs> is that like it's just like yeah. I just listened. To, I was like, because like for me, like uh, like when I first heard "Wake Up," I was like, is this the weekend again? <laughs> like. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Cause, uh, before we move on, can I say one more thing? Yeah, go for it. Let me down my list, too. <laughs> okay. One thing that really bothered me about this song, too, besides how unlikable The weekend is in this song, is he seems so entitled. Like, he, like people have to like him, or people have to enjoy his music. And if you don't, you're you're an, an idiot. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that, but personally, his personality is so toxic and so unlikable that it makes any part of the song unlistenable, in my opinion. Anyway, that's it. So I'm guessing you never listened to a Weekend album before, huh? Oh, no, I have. <laughs> I have, actually, and I liked it a lot. But he, this song, he goes so over the top with over with being overly sexual. It's just fucking cringy. And in his albums, he has good production with good flows, and he switches up his subject matter to some personal stuff that isn't cringy sex. But this is just cringy sex with a decent Travis flow. Yeah. All right. Dope thoughts on you guys' song. All right. So we move on to. I think we're on this song. Okay. One of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorites on here. Five percent tent. This uses the famous Goody Mob cell therapy sample with a trap flavor to it, and also use a, a interpolation of Who's That coming out the window, which was used on the original cell therapy. It was like a lyric from there, on the hook, but with Travis Scott kind of like flair to it so yeah what what's your guys thoughts on it um for me i'm going to have to disagree with you on this one i found i thought that this song is kind of a little bit more of a filler song to me yeah um and like i always like it when people pay like homage to like another rapper or maybe like use lines from another rapper but for me i just i didn't i wasn't feeling this song too much and i feel like the subject matter kind of wasn't consistent throughout the whole song because like at first i thought it was about like hiding from the press and stuff but then it kind of it kind of drives away from that in my opinion so yeah those are my thoughts 
So, personally, I think this song was alright. I'm sorry for disagreeing with you, V and Katie, but I'm not the biggest fan of this song. It it um, it kind of just seemed like the rest of the album in terms of just the basic Travis songs. And yeah. I, I do think the production stands out throughout the rest of the album, though. I think this is probably one of the most unique production. The more, some of the most unique production on the album. But the flow is just this exact same thing that we had like six, like like one a couple songs ago. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Alright, you have to I agree with both of you guys. The only reason this is probably gonna be a dumbass thing to say, but the only reason why I like the track is mostly for the beat. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like I know it's not the best song ever, but it's a I think it's a solid track. Yeah, those are those are my thoughts on it. So we get to track number ten. I want to say right number ten. Uh, NC seventeen. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. NC seventeen, which is a collab with uh, Twenty One Savage, and this is another sex track. Hence, like the title <laughs> NC seventeen, sexually explicit um, lyrics. So yeah, what's your guys' thoughts on it? So for me, um. I like the beat of this song. I think it's pretty good. Um, I would definitely say like the very beginning lives up to its NC-17 title. Um, however, I feel like like the last song, it kind of like sometimes it'll veer away from its subject matter. And then when the beat switch for like 21 Savage came on, I feel like it kind of came back up for when 21 Savage is on there. And I did like the transition to the 21 Savage song i felt like that transition was a little bit more smoother than in the other songs where you have a uh beat transition um yeah so those are my thoughts cool okay um personally i was incre- i was also very let down with this song just like skeletons i think this song had a lot of potential with travis's verse and i think it was it was actually a very solid verse but I this might be unpopular, but I think Twenty One Savage ruined this song. I um, not only I don't think his verse doesn't, not only I don't think his verse matches Travis's style. I also yeah. think um, his flow is so uninteresting, and it's just like no generic trap shit. And also, I just yeah. wanted to point out one lyric real quick that I thought was interesting. I netted on her cheek. Now her name is Dude, Baby that's Face. Exactly what I was, was going to say. That, dude. I was. I wrote. I literally wrote that down, bro. I literally wrote that down. I'm, I. I don't. I don't know what to say to that, but it's an interesting line, I guess. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay, I actually, I actually thought the song was solid. Fair You're not going to really hear any good. Oh, this song is good from Travis Scott, Astroworld. But um, yeah. I actually like the the dreamy, dazzy trap beat that was used in it. And you stole my lyric. I, I knew you were going to say that too, bro. As soon as he said that. That, that bro, lyric stands out so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that's, it's kind of funny too, man. Yeah, it's it is. <laughs> Baby face, you get it? Cause yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, all, right. all right. We don't have to get into female anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> this is now sex ed, guys. Welcome. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we get to that's actually one of my favorite tracks on here. It made my top five. Uh, so we get to Astral Thunder, which is track eleven, and then the title of the collaboration, the title, the title of the song is a collaboration between Thundercat, who is producing the song, and it has a space age vibe to it. So that's what I got. Uh, for me, I feel like this song 
definitely continued the vibe of the album. Um, because like the whole, because it's definitely Travis Scott where it's all space agey and stuff. Um, you know, it fits in the album well. Um, that's how I, that's how I put the song. Um, but that's, those are my thoughts. Cool. Um, I don't know if this is unpopular or not, but I think this is one of the best songs on the album. I, I know BNKD is not a big fan of this song, but <laughs> I, 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 I think this by far has the cleanest production on the entire... No, no, okay, scratch that. Sorry, forget to say anything. But I think this, okay. this, uh, this is one of the most enjoyable songs in the album, and the production is incredibly clean and very um, spacey, obviously. And also, I like Travis's vocals in the song, and uh, that's kind of all I can say. Okay, interesting. Like you stole, like you uh, said, I, I'm not a fan of the song. It's mad. I didn't like the over excessive amount of auto tune. So that's totally my thoughts on it. I'm I'm gonna keep on saying that because that's the same pattern throughout the whole album. <laughs> no, that's true. It definitely is. Yeah. So we move on to track number number twelve. Uh, Yos is it called Yosemite? Yosemite, Yosemite right? yeah. Yeah. All right. So it features Gunna and Nav. Luckily, Nav is only on the outro, <laughs> and this is this beat is more of a piano. This contains like a piano lace beat, and then in this song, uh, Gunna and Travis Scott reflect on their lavish lifestyle, basically. So, so what are you guys' thoughts on it? So I watched the music video for the song for this one, Yosemite, and like, yeah, I feel like it just seems to me like this is a song about like, like. How like you know Gunna and uh, Travis Scott they were talking about how like you know their lavish lifestyle was something that they dreamed of when they were kids and then they just go into how this, and then they just talk about their lavish lifestyle. Um, yeah. And for me personally, this might be unpopular, but for me, I kind of do like Nav's verse, like the little outro party had. <laughs> um, overall, I actually, I, you guys might disagree with me, but overall, I kind of do like Nav. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Okay, cool. Um, so I just want to straight away come out the gate and say, I don't get why Nav was on this song. He was literally had like 30 seconds. Like, I'm happy he only had 30 seconds, but I don't get the point of him being on it. If you, if you can barely even hear him because you're focused on what you just heard before him. So there's that, but also I I'm not I don't like Gunna as a rapper at all. So yeah, I wasn't okay. yeah I wasn't very excited to hear him on this song, but Travis was doing his Travis thing with a pretty generic trap flow. So there's that, but I think um, in, in production wise, this is one of the strongest songs in the album. I don't know why I just I like the production a lot. But yeah, it just seems like just like a lot of the album, it's a very filler track in my opinion. Yeah, I thought the song was okay. It kind of to me, it kind of came off a little arrogant though. But that's just me though. I just thought it was okay. So we get to uh, track number thirteen, which is feet. Uh, it actually it features Don Tolliver. They both go back and forth with, about talking about. Wait, did I say that? I said can't say right. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, yeah, I can't say track number 13. Uh, features Don Tolliver. They both go back and forth on talking about songs about... T- no, I mean, times about getting high and having sex with women. And it has, like, a hypnotic beat to it. 
So for so me, what are you guys thoughts? For on me, it? what I got from it is that you know I feel like it's kind of like a comparison between their love for drugs and their love for women. That's how I see the song. It just seems like that. Um, you know, overall, I would say it's definitely a continuation of the same from the album. Um, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Cool. So, I for when I first listened to this song, I thought this this song was when I first listened to this album, I thought this song was amazing. And uh, after this listen, I kind of changed my mind on it. There are certain parts of it that are really good. Like I think Travis has a solid um, intro to the song, but Don Tolliver, I'm very conflicted about because I like the sound of him, but in very small doses, his sound. And for like um, his sound for like a minute straight was a bit taxing on the ear, if I'm honest. But if you listen to just 10 seconds of his verse, he actually sounds pretty good. So I don't really know what I think about his verse. But I think the production is actually probably one of the strongest on the album. It's a pretty hard hitting, uh, it's pretty hard hitting production. And uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. All right, interesting. I- I just thought the song was okay. Yeah. It's basically just a repetition of the same subject matter about drug usage and having sex with women. Yep. For me. That was okay. Um, so we get to track number 14, Who, What. And this features Quavo and Takeoff. It's a Quavo and Takeoff collabo from the infamous group, um, Migos. You know how I feel about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine what you think about them. Yeah, and this is just another chick song. So what are you guys' thoughts on it? Uh, definitely, once again, continuation of the, just the theme of this whole album. Um, overall, probably my favorite verse on this song, it, it might have to be, I guess for flow-wise, I'd have to give it to Quavo. Um, when I heard Takeoff on there, I kind of got a little bit disappointed, like I was hoping it was just Quavo. Um, Travis's verse was very Travis. Um, so, those are, uh, those are my thoughts on that. Cool. Uh, personally, I actually think this is a really good song. This is, I don't know why, but I've seen a lot of people say this is one of the worst songs on the album, which I do not get. Um, I think it, just like Can't Say, I think it has one of the hardest hidden instrumentals on the album, and I think it also is one of the more creative songs, which isn't saying that much, but I still think it's one of the more ambitious songs on the album. And I also think Quavo and um, Travis both have very solid verses. But, yeah, those are my thoughts. All right. Yeah, I, I just thought the song the song was okay. It's actually it's actually not bad, cause I, especially because I, I hate the Migos. But for this song, it was okay. Like, they didn't really bother me all that much. I mean, you're not going to expect that much from them in the first place either. <laughs> but, yeah. So we get to uh, track number 15, which is Butterfly Effect. And then this is just um, Travis Scott talking about his new upscale life. And it has like a zany beat to it. Uh, so I see like this is like Travis Scott kind of saying like, he kind of just kind of says it that he just, he won't change for this nice lifestyle that he has. Um, definitely goes into the continued theme of rich life and, you know, what comes with it, you know, the, the money. You know, the the woman and the drugs and all that. I, I, drugs are definitely a big part of this album. 
Um, so yeah, well, that those are my thoughts on it. Uh, personally, I uh, I have very mixed feelings about this song. I when I first heard this song back in uh, mid twenty seventeen, I thought this song was really good. But now that I listen to it again, I like the chorus a lot. The chorus is probably one of the best choruses from Travis, in my opinion. But I also think the um, verse is pretty lackluster. I do like yeah. the spacey production a lot, and it adds a lot to Travis's flow and the chorus. But I think uh, it's just it's just a mediocre song. Yeah, I felt the same way too, because once again, it's just him kind of com- coming off arrogant, saying, oh, this is what I have and stuff like that. True. So to me, it's just an okay song. So we get to Houston of Fornication. Houston Fornication. Number- yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> which is track 16. And this basically talks about um, Travis Scott's uh, experience in, in the city of Houston, Texas. And then this has like an at- atmospheric beat to it. So basically, so, what are you guys thoughts on it? so basically, you know, like the title's kind of clever in the way it tries to play off of, you know, Californication. Um, yeah. To me, once again, I feel like I'm getting a lot of the same content from the last few songs. Just, of course, the title kind of explains it in that uh, it's definitely about women, strongly about women, probably. Cheating, um, yeah, and also you know just having just having a lot of women. That's pretty much what the song is about. Yeah. Cool. Um, personally, I actually I think I think this is one of the stronger songs on the album. It initially I wasn't a big fan of it, but I th- think the um, the flow is actually pretty good. And I like I like the chorus a, a decent amount. The the chorus it sounds good in short quanti- quantities, just like Don Tolliver's verse on "Can't Say," but over a while it does get a little um, annoying. But yeah, I think the production's actually on the more experimental side compared to most Travis songs, and which I respect. But yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good song. Okay, so. We get to track number, oh, the last track on here. Holy shit, this went by fast. Uh, we get to track number 17, which is uh, Coffee Bean. It has a boom back, boom bap at- atmospheric vibe to it and a psychedelic beat. Basically, Travis just talks about um, his relationship with Kylie Jenner. On um, And on top of it, he also talks about the controversies, fears, and insecurities of being in a relationship with her. So that's what I got from that song. Like, for me, I really like. For me, I actually really like this song. Um, you definitely see Travis open up, like you just said, being Katie. Um, I like the sound of the song. I like, I like, I like how Travis. I like what the what sound Travis Scott was trying to go for, and I also like Travis Scott's vocals and how they pair with the beat. I think it's very good. Um, yeah. So those are my thoughts. Personally, okay. I I don't like this song. I this I think that's probably I think that's pretty controversial. But I think this song is incredibly hypocritical and very unself-aware. Because while I'm sure that there are parts of his life that aren't ideal, I'm sure, I can't imagine his. What was that? No, I, I just said how 
like like how it's like bullshit like how he's trying to act like he's trying to be relatable yeah exactly yeah like like he may have a a fair amount of problems i'm sure just like any human does but i can't imagine it's worth making a song over like he has probably one of the most expensive houses on the entire in the entire u.s he's one of the richest people in the world and he's probably the richest girl on the planet as far as i know and like it seems so unself-aware that like he's more lucky than almost anybody that's ever lived and it's just very unself-aware in my opinion and also i think his flow is very boring and uh not that interesting and uh yeah those are kind of my thoughts okay i have to agree with you and disagree actually this actually one of this made my top five list actually i know what i like about it i know like going back and like listening to what you guys said i know he's like unself-aware of the struggles and stuff but i just like how it's kind of a switch of subject matter because we kind of got the same subject matter throughout i know he's like I like I like artists that are vulnerable, but I know I know it's kind of a, a pseudo vulnerable, but I still like the I still like the song if that makes sense because he yeah, at least tried. Yeah, I do I do respect. The I know it was, comes off force. Yeah, but I I still really like the song a lot. That's fair. Yeah, I, and, I totally. Oh, sorry, sorry. And then I'm my old head too, so I I like the boom bap beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, fair for enough. me, like the subject matter, you know, I, I could see that. But for me, I was mostly that I mostly like it for the sound. Yeah, I know it doesn't really fit the album though. Yeah, yeah, I would not but, say that. Yeah. I, I'm like when I first heard it, I was like, "This is not quite what I was expecting on here." But you know, and it's not, and it's not a traditional Travis Scott sounding song. No, because he's kind of his music's more of like like drug, sex, and stuff. But he's actually talking about like kind of a topic that's kind of sensitive or vulnerable. You know, yeah, but. Those are my thoughts on it. All right, so that concludes the that concludes like the track listing of it. So, what are you guys' closing thoughts? I go last. Uh, Westside goes first, and then Colt goes second. So, what are you guys' thoughts on it? So, and also put what you get out out of ten. Also, so for me, what was that? Sorry. Also, at the end of when you guys talk, just put like what you give the album out of ten. Okay. Do you want to do the top five songs too? Yeah, we, we can do that afterwards. All right, cool. Yeah, like always. So in this album, you know, it definitely caters towards the Travis Scott fan base. Um, you know, I'm, I would not come, I would not go to this album if I was trying to get complex bars out of it or, you know, insane wordplay, in which there is a little bit of wordplay, but overall it's not the most complex lyricism. But I would say that, especially early in the album, it's very vibe. It's, it definitely runs on its vibe. And I do like the album's vibe overall. Um, and one thing I do find interesting that if I were to, like, analyze the whole album as a whole, you could see how, so going back to the whole, how Astroworld, the... Um, the theme park got all torn down. It almost seems to me like Travis Scott's making it sound like he's chasing the the money, the woman, the drugs, and the cars to get like that same good feeling he had at the Astro World Park by making his life almost like a rapper's theme park. That's what it just seems like. The whole entire song seems like a rapper's theme park 
which is probably why it's called Astro World, named after the theme park. So that those are my thoughts on the album. Cool. Um, and what would you give it out of ten? Uh, for me, I would probably give it a seven. Okay. Oh, damn! That's actually better than what we gave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that from you either. <laughs> Like for so, me, like the sorry. Let me just say, for me, no, the beginning for me the beginning kind of carries the album for me. Towards like yeah, the ending definitely. songs, they're most of them are forgettable to me. I, maybe maybe I'll give it a six point five. Cool. So personally, I think this is probably the most inoffensive rap album like ever. There's nothing new, that unique about it, and there's nothing like. There are certain trap rappers that are hard to listen to because their voice yeah. is so unique, like Young Thug, for example. Regardless of what you think about him, you can't deny his voice is very unique. And right. Travis, on the other hand, his voice is so so basic and monotone without the um, auto-tune. Without the auto-tune, it's, like, it's very accessible and it's very easy to listen to. But in the same boat, I think it's probably one of the most unimpressive rap albums of the last decade. And Agreed. also, it's not... Um, the production is good, but besides that, the, there isn't much besides the production and a couple songs that have really good flows. And not to mention, there are at least five filler songs on the album. Like, for example, Coffee Bean, in my opinion, Butterfly Effect, Yosemite, Wake Up, 5% Tin. None of those songs, in my opinion, sh- sh- should have made the album... And if they are, they're not necessary at all for the album's rating or the overall experience of the album. So overall, I think it's one of those albums that I will never come back to. But if somebody put it on, I would not get mad at it. And I'm going to give this, the album a 4 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. Dude. Right smack dap in the middle. So for me, I feel that Travis Scott is by far one of the overrated artists and rappers of the last few years. And for me, this album is extremely overrated in my opinion. Travis isn't really saying anything that hasn't been said before. And it's not, his lyricism isn't interesting. It's kind of basic level, like entry of like, oh, I want to be, I just want to be a rapper, you know. I just want to be a trap rapper. And for me, like I say, he just has a generic flow. The, the subject matter is generic. It's kind of constrained in a way. Just to summarize it, it's just drugs, sex, and money. You know what I mean? <laughs> all it really is and also ad-libs are just really annoying and shit at times and like the overabundance and use of that completely ruined the songs because like the instrumental is beautiful but then you have these these shitty ass hooks with auto-tune and like him rapping with auto-tune that ruins it i'd rather him just use his real voice which he did actually in a couple songs like coffee bean and the first song on their stargazing and yeah, like I said, I don't like the sing-songing auto-tune and melodic rapping to hooks, like bringing the album down. Like he's not, to me, he's not really rapping that much. He's just kind of melodically singing, rappy. I don't know how to describe it though. But, and also like the lyricism's on there is meh, like I said. There's like a few witty lines here and there. Like he likes making pop culture references. Like he said something about Green Lantern on one of the songs. And I kind of got like a nergasm from that though. But that's like <laughs> a basic thing. Like he kind of has like the modern day where they try to compare stuff to something like pop culture references. You know what I mean? And like 
Like I don't like that trap. I don't really like that trap flow with like that da 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 shit, you know what I mean? But like the positives I would say is the production. While it's not the best, it definitely makes the album unique. Like it's psychedelic space agey trap production. I'm not the biggest trap fan, but this is like serviceable. And also guest appearances don't really do much for the album, in my opinion. I mean, sure, they throw a few witty lines like 21 Savage, that infamous, like, <laughs> the, the baby face. <laughs> but other than that, like, the if you look at the features, all they do is just do hooks. And they're just, like, auto-tuned up, so you can't really understand what they're saying. Like, you, you wouldn't even know Pharrell Williams was on there either, because... They I, all jumble up. They all jumble up together. There's like three people doing the hook. I didn't even know that he was on there until yeah. you told me. Yeah, yeah. Neither did I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was on um, one of the sex, the first sex tracks on there. I forget what it's called. It was on skeletons. Yeah, skeletons. Oh, uh, okay. He's doing the hook with the weekend and some other dude. I don't even care about. <laughs> and um, yeah, they get like I said. And what also the hooks are cringy too. Like, the hooks can be really bad sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, very. And just, like, the auto-tuner. And for me, Astroworld, like I said, is an overrated album. It's a middling album. It's not, the, it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just smack dad in the middle. It's a little subpar. A little below average, in my opinion. Just rapping style. Because, I mean, I'm not looking for lyrical juggernauts. But at least talk about some stuff that actually matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, this stuff is just throwaway, throwaway lines too. Like he, you can tell he just focused more on the production. That's why I'm not. I might take shots at Kanye West, but the same thing about Kanye West is that oh yeah, people he's tend not to a good focus on the like you can. He's kind of on the same. Don't kill me, don't no, kill dude, me, Westside Jordan. No, no, but he's on the same. He's kind of on the same level with Tupac, but Tupac's a little bit better towards the lyricism. Oh uh, yeah, Kanye, they're both very consistent. Don't don't kill me. Don't, don't whoa, kill whoa, 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 yeah, like he—he's more of a fun rapper, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's for—he's for the black people. He's for the white people. True. There are like some of. The, I'm not trying to be racist or segregate people, but most of the, the rap music is kind of for black people in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Travis Scott, it's just this album's extremely overrated. Just a bunch of these white kids that think they're hype and mm-hmm. shit. You know? What I, mean? I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, I hate—I like, hate, I hate the culture shit. around this album. Yeah. Oh my gosh, sick of mode. Oh my gosh, dude, it's, it's getting crazy. They play the same sh- like if they're gonna play, if they're gonna be a Travis Scott fan or at least the, a fan of this album, totally fair. But at least be knowledgeable about the album enough to the name at least like five songs. The only songs people can name on this album are their like the target audience is sickle mode, yeah. and it's extremely infuriating. And also that song on the radio. What was that song called? Uh, Wake up. That was on the radio. I never heard it. Yeah, it was. Okay, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's just like the culture behind this album is really cringe-inducing too. They act nice. like this is a, this is not a classic, in my opinion. I, I heard a guy I heard a guy on YouTube say this is the best album of the 2010s. 
Right, no. <laughs> I'd rather lose. Never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. I just, what, I, what, I was really was what was it? Was it? No, I, I, I'm not gonna say anything because I really re- need to re-listen to the album. So, well, we're, okay. we're going down the route with that album, though. So, okay. I don't. What did Anthony Fantano give this? I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. Whoa! I'm kind of surprised. I know, right? No, he's kind of weird, though. He's kind of... His opinions are kind of weird. Dude. I, I, I'll tell you what. While I don't agree with a lot of... most Some of his opinions, he explains them very well. Yeah, but yeah, he he's just kind of... He, he's trying to be a hipster, honestly. He's, I, don't, oh, I don't like how he comes across. Though. At the same time, though, he did give Londo Rezom a 9 and an 8. And he's one of the most, she's one of the most popular artists in the mainstream right now. Is she good? Uh, I don't like her, but I guess she's good at what she does. He's kind of weird on his... I don't know how to describe her. His opinions are definitely not traditional, though. (laughs) No. That's sure. Yeah. What were you saying, uh, Westside? Uh, I I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so... Oh, shit. We were just rambling and shit. I never gave my rating, so I give this a 5 out of 10. Wow, I I have the lowest score. Holy shit. I'm not gonna get mad at you. I really, I'm not gonna defend yeah. this album. Dude. <laughs> For me, like I might like give it a higher score just because I. It's almost like in my head, a six point five is kind of like a C or a D in my head. That's how I would yeah. give it. That's what I would bring. Like, like much to just like how Colt said, it's not an offensive album. It's not. I'm yeah. not. When I hear it, I'm not. It's not like. It's not like it's like. It's like it hurts my head to listen to it, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm listening to, you know, uh, revolution or anything. I'm not listening to something fresh or you know. Not, it's not really a new perspective. It's definitely a Travis Scott album. That's what it is. Yeah, and then people are gonna get mad. You're like, oh, you expect a classic or revolutionary album? I'm, I'm like, nigga, I I expect a good ass album. Yeah, also, it doesn't have to. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a classic. Yeah. it can be an eight out of ten or a seven. Out. That's yeah. really good, dude. As long as you're saying something that's unique, have dope production, dope rapping. I mean, you don't have to be like Nas, Jay Z tier, or Kendrick tier, but at least say something that actually matters. Dude. Also, just real quick before we move on to yeah. the top five songs, I just want to say to anyone listening to this. I think we all went into this album with an unbiased view on Trap, and we tried to look at it for what it is. So mm-hmm. I think we should yeah. just get out of the window real quick. Yeah, I could have been an asshole and just gave it a one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> dissected it. Yeah. A lot of people are going to give this dislikes and stuff. I don't really care, dude. Yeah. I, I explain my opinion. You can't, you can't get mad at me for having an opinion, dude. True. And uh, also to anyone listening to this, I don't know. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I like Blade, and he's probably one of the most uh, infamous <laughs> mumble rappers of all time, and I yeah. enjoy him. So the fact that I don't enjoy Travis Scott simply says the quality of the music is not that impressive, in my opinion. It has nothing to do with my bias against yeah. trap music. Anyway, that's it. For me, like, like I'm on the same boat. Like, like I like rappers who have a, like a more like a singing flow kind of sound because I like I like Roddy Rich. Um, I like Lil Durk from Chicago, but for me, my, for me, but those two rappers, they can switch up their sound and switch up their subject matter. Whereas I'm not getting a whole lot of switch up on subject matter on this album other than coffee bean and a little bit in Yosemite, um, and carousel. Yeah. You just, yeah. Like, yeah, I agree with you West side. 
Just like he, he's kind of a generic rapper to me. The only thing that gives him kind of clout is just his production wise. Yeah. And it's kind of like psychedelic because the stoners are going to love this album. Dude. No, dude. Oh my gosh. That's what I thought when I Doggy first heard, dude. when I first like the, heard the first song, I was like, dude, sounds like some like stoner stuff exactly. going on right The first here. song is talking about an acid trip. Yeah. And then the subject matter, like I said, is very skewed. It's just like, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but just very. There's not really much subject matter to it, you know? Just sex, drugs, money, you know what I mean? Braggadocial shit, you know? For me, he's kind of, he's just a standard rapper, dude. Like, I don't, to me, I don't see the people listening to this album, like, 20 years from now, you know what I mean? This is kind of just the album of its time, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it doesn't, it's just going to be cast away like those other songs that were just trendy off the album. Just gonna, it's just disposable music, in my opinion, dude. Yeah, also, if it did something intuitive or unique, it would probably stick around a lot longer. But since it follows every single trend in modern hip-hop... Formulaic, it's, it's yeah. not gonna, Yeah, it's not going to stand the test of time well at all. Like, for example, like... like <laughs> Yeah, true. But, like, an example of an album that's a product of its time and it stands the test of time is Donuts by Jay Dilla. That album yeah. is experimental enough and traditional enough to market 2000s audience and is unique enough to market to 2030 to, uh, to 20, 2030 audience. So it's yeah. not going to stand the, the Asteroid is not going to stand the test of time and it already kind of hasn't. hasn't. Yeah, it's just known for its singles. Yeah. Like if you if you take the singles away, people aren't going to really like the album. Thanks. At least, at least, like, at least the mainstream listeners aren't gonna. Exactly, but there's always gonna be people that are fans. Like the mainstream listeners, they're disposable, dude. They're not I gonna be around. God, they're so annoying. Like they, they think they're a fan just because they listen to dead rapper one song by one popular song that everyone in the mother knows. Like, <laughs> yeah, like sad. Man. Yeah, like they're gonna be disposable. They're gonna forget about Travis Scott in 2050. You know. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, I'll give you an example of a dated album that was a product of its time. NWA sounds very 1980s, but the songs, what they're saying is still relevant today. Like, straight out of, straight out of Compton, I still hear that song getting played, even though it sounds like it's from the 80s. Same with Public Enemy. F the Police, yeah. F the Police, uh, Night of the Living Bassheads, um, whatever songs are on the album. Fight also, the- Gangsta Gangsta, dude. Gangsta yeah. Gangsta. Oh, yeah. I love that song, dude. People still listen to it. Like it can be a product of its time, but still have an impact, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, facts. Like still have songs being played, even though they're dated songs. Still have songs being played in the present day, man. Well, I mean, like look at look at Thirty Six Chambers. It's very much yeah. a product of the '90s, but it has yeah. unique production flows that stand out. Very, yeah. very, very witty, uh, memorable, and. Um, very memorable and witty catchphrases and lyrics it's just yeah and it still is very 90s sounding album and for some reason it's still as aged beautifully anyway same for run dmc i might not listen to them that much anymore but they're product of the time but they're the songs are still my adidas walk this way all those songs man they still people still play that shit dude it's been like 40 30 years from now yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. We kind of went on a ramble, a tangent here. 
But I think it's important that we give her full thoughts because people will come in the comment section getting pissed off. Amina will get pissed off at it. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my thoughts, dude. Like I said, I could have gave the album a 1 out of 10. That's unrealistic, dude. You got to at least like something about it. You that's, know? What, that's what every biased old head would have done. You're, you you, may, you yeah. may not be a big fan of Trap, but you're not biased about it. Yeah. Yeah, I might not listen to it, but I, should I listen to it for the, the freaking album review? Yeah, you give credit when it was due. Exactly. Yeah, like, I could have unrealistically gave it a 1 out of 10, like, every shitty album, but I actually listened to it, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to let that bias affect me, though. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to become this, like, yeah. So, what are you guys' top five songs on it? West Side Jordan? So, for me, Cole. five is R.I.P. Screw. Um, four is Stargazing. Three is Stop Trying to Be God. And then two is yeah. Coffee Bean, and number one is Carousel. Okay. Dope. Mine is, uh, number five is Who What, number four, Stop Trying to Be God, number three, Astro Thunder, number two, R.I.P. Screw, and number one, Stargazing. Okay, I'm probably have a controversial list, though. Let's see. But number five, 5% Tint. Oh, that shit. was originally going to be, like, number two, <laughs> but I changed my mind. Okay. And then... Actually, actually, replace no bystanders, which uh, would have been nine, uh, number five. But listening to you guys, like I like how you guys make me challenge myself. With, like yeah, uh, I respect my that. Mind. I respect that. Cause I literally I was changing my list like five times, bro. <laughs> Trying to figure out which order I wanted to put the songs in, dude. And so number four is gonna be sicko mode. I know, I know, I know it's a cringe-inducing song, but it's probably <laughs> one of the best songs on here, which isn't really saying much though, but. <laughs> They're going to come after me. The mob, they're going to come after all of us. <laughs> the 12-year-old Travis stands. Yeah. You know, come after me. I don't care. Dude. <laughs> if you're getting mad out of opinion, dude, something's wrong with you, dude. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, you know. And then, <laughs> Christ. And then number, number three is uh, NC-17. And then I actually changed my mind on this song. Number two is going to be Stargazing. And then number one is going to be Coffee Bean. I know, I know, I know, I know, dude. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for that s- shit, though. Sonically, I, I will admit, Coffee Bean is pretty good. Yeah. And he actually raps. He doesn't use that bullshit-ass auto-tune. Yeah, I I, I like auto-tune, but in, in small doses. Yeah. Like, this I, is, like, giving me a headache, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. This album did? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? This album did? Yeah, I... I like you said, I'm not going back and listening to the album unless yeah. I have to review it again, which is never probably going to happen. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I, um, Young Thug, I while I respect the dude, I can't stand his voice, and his yeah, production his is good, maybe kind of, but his voice is so taxing that it's hard to listen to. Travis, yeah. while he doesn't have a bad he, while I don't, I'm not a big fan of his voice. At least he's a smooth rapper, and his his yeah. lyrics and his flow uh, flow smoothly with with smooth production. So they yeah. they go hand in hand. Whereas Young Thug, he lo- he looks he looks like it sounds like he's fighting the instrumental, whereas Travis is is like it's like he's going with the instrumental. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't like I only like one song by Young Thug. That's Lifestyle. I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's a commercial song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So, yeah, dude, those are those are all of our thoughts on that. So, uh, Westside, tell them what's next. So what next, we'll be reviewing next so week. So next week we'll be re- reviewing Stupid Duper Fly by Missy Elliott, a very okay. famous album, and um, you know we'll see what we think on it next week, guys. Uh, come on, come on. Oh, yeah.